Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. As long as I'm in the same crowd as Jesus is walking in, I'm okay. But there's something more to just being in the crowd. Amen. I want him to know who I am. I want him to know my name. I want him to call me out. And I want him to come and live in my house and abide with me. You know what? A lot of times people don't have a real relationship with God because they're not really seeking a real relationship with God. They're satisfied to just be a part of the crowd instead of getting on a personal level with God. And when Jesus gets to that old rugged tree that Zacchaeus has climbed up in, he stops and there was something possibly I wonder about Jesus looking up and seeing a man in a tree that catches his attention. have you here with us why don't we stand and turn to the book of Luke chapter 19 the Lord just kind of dropped this message into my heart today and I told my wife when I was wrapping things up and she was getting ready to head out the door uh, for church and I said I don't believe I can recall ever preaching a message about Zacchaeus but we're going to today Luke chapter 19 verse 1 and Jesus entered and passed through Jericho and behold there was a man named Zacchaeus which was the chief among the publicans the publicans were the tax collectors okay that's what a publican was and the Bible says that he was chief among the publicans and he was rich And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press or for the crowd. It was very crowded because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste. And come down, for today I must abide at thy house. Amen. You remember the little song that we used to sing as kids? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. Is that before your time, Brother Jones? We need to teach that to Brother Jones. He needs to hear some more of those good old songs that he's never heard before. (laughs) Climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. (laughs) What a great children's song that was that teaches one of the great stories of the Bible. I just want to preach to you this morning what the others missed. What the others missed. You may be seated today. Now, I'm sure that I'm not the only one here that has ever told a joke. And uh, when I got to the punchline, I I expected for the one that I was telling to bust out and laugh. I don't tell jokes that I don't think are funny. Uh, 
I tell jokes that I think are funny. And so uh, it's always a disappointment to me when I hit that punchline and I'm looking at somebody that's just straight-faced, uh, still waiting for the punchline. I'm like, that was it. That was the joke. You're supposed to be laughing right here. And yet they're not laughing. They didn't get it. They missed it. They missed it. I can remember uh, probably 30 years ago now, my wife and I, uh, we were laughing about this the other, the other day. For some, something brought this up. I probably heard the song on the on the radio. Does anybody uh, hear? Have you heard that "Blue Christmas" by Porky Pig song before? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got it. Everybody that laughed, you got it. You got it. My dad introduced me to that song one time back when he was still alive, and we were over at his house, and he said, there's a song you got to hear. And he recorded it, captured it on a on a, a cassette tape, and he brought me in, and I began to listen to that song. But the funny thing about it was to me is how hard my dad was laughing. My dad was kind of a, I mean, he was a jokester and a prankster to a certain degree, but but he was kind of a solemn and serious guy. But he, he listened to this song, and he had tears running down his face listening to this guy that was pretending to be Porky Pig singing the Blue Christmas song and and I got tickled listening to the song and I got tickled listening to my dad and so I thought I would have this great idea. I took it to my wife and I said listen to this and me and my dad were listening uh, to it with her and she was listening to us laugh and she was listening to the song and we'd rewind it and play that one part you know where he says oh, oh but, but baby I'll be, I'll be missing you you know and it was funny it was funny. <laughs> Am I getting too carnal for anybody out there? Do I need to? Re- <laughs> we had a big get together at my wife's grandparents, and the whole family was over the aunts, the uncles, the nieces, the cousins. Everybody was there. There must have been 30, 35 people in that room. And I had this great idea. I said, Babe, we're going to take this cassette with us. I, I, I let dad, uh, I had dad, uh, uh, I'm starting to sound like Porky Pig myself here. <laughs> Slow it down just a hair. <laughs> I, I had dad make me a copy of that cassette so I could take it home with me. And we listened to it. We must have listened to it 10, 15 times and laughed harder and harder every single time. And so we went over to the family get together. And, and after everybody ate, we gathered everybody into one room. We made a big deal about it. Everybody, we've got something everybody needs to hear. And, and uh, we gathered our attention and everybody was tired and we got them away from doing whatever they were doing and set them all in the same room. And we said, okay, now listen to this. And we hit the play button on that cassette recorder and it began to play and I started getting tickled and I started laughing and I was laughing and thinking about how hard my dad laughed and I looked over at my wife and she was laughing and giggling and looking back at me and we were shaking our head like this is funny stuff, you know. We really got the whole room uh, ready to bust out and laugh. And we looked up and nobody was laughing. (laughs) My face turned red. That is the last time I've ever done a huge buildup for something thinking it was funny. I'm like, I'm going to test the waters on small groups, do this a little at a time, but I will never stop everybody's Christmas gathering to make them listen to something that I thought was funny. They missed it. They didn't get it. Even the part where he said, baby, I'll be missing you. They didn't laugh on that part either. What's the matter with these people? (laughs) 
kind of family did I marry into? My wife's the only one here with a sense of humor. We grabbed our gifts and left. We got out of there. <laughs> There's some things that you just don't want to miss. But it went right over their heads. Either that or they just didn't have any sense of humor whatsoever. There was a lot going on that day. And I, I want to take you back and get a little bit more serious here now. Because I want to go back to where uh, we were reading in the Word of God. And there's a lot going on here that's being written down in the book of Luke. Luke as Jesus is making his way through the area. And he's teaching with parables. And he's healing the sick. And, and uh, if you read the chapters before, you'll see where demons are being cast out and blinded eyes are being opened and ministries are being birthed and people are being sent out to preach the gospel by Jesus Christ himself. I mean, it's being, things are being launched. Things are happening and, and crowds are growing. But Jesus is also in the midst of those great things. He's dealing with those that are against him. He's dealing with those that are questioning every move he makes. He's dealing with those that are criticizing every time he lays a hand and heals somebody. Oh, you shouldn't have healed him on the Sabbath day. If he'd have been the, 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 the son of God, he'd have known better than that. And yet Jesus Christ continues to move forward in his ministry even though that there were those there on that day that were missing it. Understand this. There will always be people who try to keep you from getting what God has for you. If you get something from God, know this, that there's going to be somebody that comes along a day or two later or maybe even the same day. You may not even get away from the altar before somebody tries to throw a wet blanket over you. You're going to have people that try to keep you from ever getting what God has for you. There's always going to be people that try to stand in the way of you getting what God has for you. It's always going to be a doubter in the midst Always going to be a scoffer who makes fun at the miraculous. There's always going to be a critical eye that tries to undermine the power that they can neither control nor can they explain. That's just the way it is if you want to be a part of something that is supernatural because this world will never understand the way that God works in the supernatural realm. But I'm here today to tell you I'm tired of dealing with just the natural. I'm willing to pay the price so that I don't miss the supernatural supernatural things that God has paid the price for us to receive today. He paid the price for us to live beyond the natural into the supernatural. And I don't want to miss it. Not everyone that's in the crowd has the same mindset. Not everyone is there in support of the miraculous. Just because somebody's in the crowd rubbing shoulders with Jesus doesn't mean that they love him. That's the way it was back then, and that's the way it is today. Not much has changed. People are still going to be 
people. Sin is still sin. Amen. Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. But sometimes if we're not careful, we'll get amongst the crowd and we're just being pushed along with very little effort on our own in a direction that we have of not, uh, not even of our own choosing. But I'm here to tell you today, don't let the crowd push you past the miracle that God wants for you when God wants to single you out and God wants to call you aside and God wants to touch you and change you. Don't get caught up in a crowd that pushes you beyond where Jesus is at when he wants to have supper with you in your home. Your miracle has an enemy. What you need from God will be met with resistance. And if we are not focused and diligent, we can miss our opportunity to be simply in his presence. I'm wise enough to know and studious enough to, studious enough to understand that I can look out across the congregation where the Lord is moving, whether it be in this church or another church or a conference someplace. I've been in, in, in all kinds of small gatherings and large gatherings. It's the same. Every place that you go, you can look out and you can see the people that have stopped what they're doing and they've got God's attention and you can see the rest of the people that are just going along with the crowd saying, I'm just here because I feel an obligation to be here. Amen. Something happens differently to the one who chooses to get the attention of God than happens to the one that's just being pushed along in the crowd and doing things out of obligation or tradition. And I don't want to be one of those people, but I want God to recognize me. I want God to call me by name. I want him to look up and see me. And I want him to speak to me. And I want him to speak into me. What makes so many of the instances in the Bible that we preach about so great and so powerful is that the ones who were touched by Jesus did not let their enemies of their miracles stand in their way. Sometimes you have to be persistent in your pursuit of your miracle. Sometimes you have to be persistent in your pursuit of your audience with your creator. There are things that will try to stop you. There are things that will try to distract you. There are things that will try to keep you away. There are things that will try to tell you, well, don't worry about that. Just keep doing what everybody else is doing. As long as I'm in the same crowd as Jesus is walking in, I'm okay. But there's something more to just being in the crowd. Amen. I want him to know who I am. I want him to know my name. I want him to call me out and I want him to come and live in my house and abide with me. The determines are the ones that get the audience. The crowd pleasers go back home satisfied to have just been in his presence. And I'm not downgrading being in the presence of the Lord. But if you've ever been where I was at, many of you I'm sure have, where you might have a crowd of people around you. I can remember where I was at when God began dealing with me on a personal level about 
being calling me into something deeper with him. I didn't realize it was going to be pastoring a church some 30 years later. I didn't realize that it was going to be even ministry. I didn't know what it was going to be. But I was willing to do whatever he asked me to do. My heart was right. And even though there were people all around me, something inside of me just stopped. And I wasn't satisfied until I climbed up into a place with him where he could recognize me and know me and see me. The desperate seekers are the ones that go home changed by the miraculous. While everybody else just walks on satisfied to be in his presence. There are some that go home changed. There are some that go home different. Others may go home and just feel good. But there are some that go home and are differently than they ever. They they live differently than they lived before. Because God has had an audience with them. And God has chosen to live with them. Let me set the scene for you this morning from Zacchaeus's point of view. You say, well, Pastor, you don't know. It's not easy for me. You don't know the, 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 the obstacles in my life. You don't know the things that, that try to keep me uh, from, from doing what God wants me to do. You don't, you don't see the things that are in my life. Well, you're not the only one with obstacles. There's always going to be things that will try to come between you and God and you and God's will for you. Always. The first thing I want you to recognize is that the crowd was tremendous. Amen. Jesus wasn't being escorted in a chariot. He didn't have an armed guard surrounding him, but it was the masses that were swarming all around him. Amen. It was thousands of people probably that were in the street just trying to get a touch, just trying to be near. If nothing else, just trying to see or or even just being a part of the crowd to say that they were there when Jesus walked through. You see, he had just healed a blind man right outside of Jericho. You can go back to chapter 18 and read about it. They were nearing Jericho, and this blind man began to cry out. Jesus steps over and helps his eyes to be able to see and to watch what might happen next. These people just began to clamor around and they were in, uh, it was in this crowd that we find this man that was called by name Zacchaeus. It was a part of that crowd, but Zacchaeus had a problem. Zacchaeus is not the biggest guy in town, although he may have the biggest wallet in town. For the Bible tells us that he wasn't just a publican, but he was the chief of publicans. And it tells us that he was rich. But Zacchaeus was not a big man. Zacchaeus was a little man. He was short of stature. He's a rich publican, a tax collector. Everybody's favorite, right? Don't you love it when you get that bill in the mail? You owe such and such. And every time you look at it, you go, it went up again. When's it going to? Or is it just me? I hate getting a, a bill from the, the tax collector. I really don't like that. I, I like my tax collector. Used to be my next door neighbor. <laughs> got an inside road with him but guess what I called him up one day and I said is there anything that I can do to get this any cheaper he said nope I quit liking him quite so much after that <laughs> no he's really a, he's, he's a great guy say that on a personal level in case he listens to the podcast 
My taxes next year be tripled. <laughs> Didn't mean anything by that. So Zacchaeus is not on everybody's Christmas list. We get that. Nobody's buying him extra presents. He's not getting a whole lot of handshakes. He, he, he's not going to get a break in the, here, and he knows it. He's trying to see Jesus like everybody else is. But, but if, when he says, excuse me, he gets ignored. You know, when he says, pardon me, let me through, people just cram it a little bit tighter. This is their way of getting back at him. They're not going to give him a break because he's not giving them a break. But he wants to see this man, Jesus, bad enough that he's willing to run ahead of the crowd and climb up in a tree along the route so that he can possibly just catch a glimpse of who Jesus is. Don't tell me that God's not interested in those who will go to extremes to see him. You know what? A lot of times people don't have a real relationship with God because they're not really seeking a real relationship with God. They're satisfied to just be a part of the crowd instead of getting on a personal level with God. And when Jesus gets to that old rugged tree that Zacchaeus has climbed up in, he stops and there was something possibly, I wonder, about Jesus looking up and seeing a man in a tree that catches his attention. And so he stopped what he's doing. The crowd has to stop with him. Some might say it was the oddity of the situations. Others might uh, excuse it in some other way. But I think that Jesus saw something in this man's eyes that looked like a hunger for something more than the way he was living. I believe that Jesus looked at Zacchaeus and saw an avenue that if he could get a hold of, if he could sit down and change this man, that there was something that he could do, not just for Zacchaeus, but there was a way to minister to so much more than just one don't think for a second that Jesus didn't realize every thought of every person that was in that crowd and those that were missing it missing the point of him being there those that were there for all the wrong reasons they might follow him but they're not following him for the right reason he knew whatever it was that made Jesus stop it brought an end to the throngs of people that were following him that day because Jesus looked up into that tree and he said, come on down. And then they went to the home of Zacchaeus. There were so many that were there on that day, so many that joined in the mass of people that just wanted to be touched. But Jesus took time out for this man. Why? Why did he take time out for what the Bible calls a sinner and what everybody else in that town called a sinner? Why would Jesus stop the cavalcade of countless people that were there on that day shut everything down and say, we're done here. I'm going home with you. Doesn't he know what he does for a living? They began to murmur. The crowd did. Don't, 
Doesn't he know who that is? Well, obviously he does. He called him by name. He didn't just say, hey, we little man, come down from that tree. The Bible said that he called him by his name. Zacchaeus, come down from there. I'm going to abide with you today in your home. Who is this man? All of a sudden, my heart uh, is kind of disappointed in the man that we've been following. I thought he was righteous. I thought he was holy. Only a man that was touched by God could do the things that he done. But now he's wanting to rub shoulders with this man that all of us in town know is a straight-up sinner. Why would he do that? What they didn't realize was that Jesus was doing them all a favor. Because something needed changed in the heart of a man who didn't know how to change it on his own. What everybody else missed, there was something in Zacchaeus that Jesus saw that said, he gets it. There's a desire in this one that's so strong that I can't move forward. I have to stop and I have to Tell this man that's up in this tree to come on down. It's time to go home with him. You see, Zacchaeus was about to make things right. But the crowd didn't know it. They missed it, but Jesus saw it for what it was. Our music come today. What they could have never dreamed or ever fathomed on that day was that they would all become the beneficiaries. Listen to what I'm telling you right here. The crowd was going to become the beneficiaries of the audience and the supper that Zacchaeus had with Jesus. It wasn't just Zacchaeus that was going to get changed and Zacchaeus that was going to get blessed. It was the entire community that was going to feel it, but they almost missed it. Because when Zacchaeus got into the presence of Jesus, something happened to his heart. There was something about the eyes of this man, something about the words that he said. And the Bible doesn't, the Bible doesn't even tell us what the conversation so much was. But all it does, it goes straight into the fact that Zacchaeus tells Jesus, he says, I'm going to give half of everything that I have to the poor. Not the same man as he was a few minutes prior. And he said, if I've wronged anybody, I'm not just going to pay them back. I'm going to pay them back with four times the amount of which I wronged them. I'm talking about a big change. I'm talking about people that are about ready to fall in love with a little man that they used to despise. They're about ready to look at him through a whole new set of eyes because of after what happened when he came in contact with Jesus Christ. Not before. 
only after. I believe that there are times when Jesus touches as he walks through the crowd or he makes himself available for us to reach out and touch him. We see the different stories in the Bible where he's crowded and a little woman with an issue of blood makes her way through the crowd and she touches the hem of his garment. But every time that I notice Jesus always stops. Anytime Jesus stops, pay attention. that there are times when he walks through the crowd and I believe that there are other times when he leaves his mark by touching one that was in the crowd. I want you to think of what this meant for this community. No more unfair tax collections. The people that were poor that they had to beg for a living were now going to be blessed by one of the wealthiest mans in their city. They weren't going to have to live the way that they used to live. They weren't going to have to suffer the way that they used to suffer as he would come by and rap on the door and say, hey, it's time to pay up. He wasn't going to be like that anymore. It was going to be fairly done and he was going to make restitution for every wrong that he had ever done and beyond that he was going to take care of, of his duty and, and take care of the poor people that were in his city. All of a sudden he went from being the villain to becoming a superhero when he became like Jesus the tax man that had a heart to give where he used to only take the others missed it they missed the significance of what was happening while they're murmuring and complaining and they're casting judgment well, not against Zacchaeus they'd already had him judged and they were correct but they were throwing darts at Jesus for rubbing shoulders with the sinner and the entire time Jesus was trying to bless the entire community through this one man in the house with Zacchaeus and Zacchaeus when he says I'm going to make everything right Jesus says today salvation has come to this household everything changes when salvation comes into your household you don't think the way that you used to think you don't love the way that you used to love. Everything changes the way that you look at people. Even your enemies will change when salvation comes to live in your house. The significance of what was taking place of that on that day was an amazing thing. Not just for a man for an entire community would you stand with me today I'd 
the Lord has given me a, a, a vision of not what this church is, but what it will be. It's going to be something greater than it is now. That doesn't take away from how great it is today. This is an incredible church. But God is going to build upon what is already here. God is going to add to the greatness that is already here. Oh, you may look around today and say, oh man, it's wonderful. I've got my wife and my children here with me. But God wants your aunt and your uncle to be here too. He wants to build it. He wants to reach out to, to, to your co-worker. He wants your co-worker up here being prayed through the Holy Ghost. And that co-worker's wife and his children, he wants them saved too. God is looking for something not just to touch you and for touch me, but he's looking for people that are willing to be called out and have an audience with him so that he can reach our community through us. does he want you to reach today what purpose does God have for saving you and bringing salvation to your home it's not just about you it's bigger than what you're seeing don't miss it shut up miss what he's trying to do through you don't get caught up in just following the crowd and going through the motions and thinking just showing up is good enough when God is saying there's a job I have for you there's some changes that I'm going to make in you there's some salvation that you're going to feel and I want you to take care and there, I want there to be some restitution made God is going to give you something that can touch your family amen your sisters your brothers your mother your father amen your aunts and your uncles amen your family members your co-workers whoever it is that you're in contact with God is calling some of you out of the tree today because he wants to bring salvation into your home because he knows that if he can touch you amen he can touch an entire community through you don't miss it what others miss don't you miss today there's a still small voice whispering in your ear you let me come and abide with you why don't you let me come stay with you because I know if I can just sit down and have a conversation that there's something amazing that I can do through your life and while you're sitting there thinking you're not good enough and you're not perfect enough, let me remind you who Zacchaeus was. He was simply a sinner that was almost an outcast in his own community. But God saw a way to work through him to reach hundreds, if not thousands. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. 
Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.